0: Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute that needs resolution, you know that I recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Now, Barack, you not only handle litigation, but also serve as an arbitrator. Is that correct? It is, Dennis. Instead of going to court, two sides can hire an arbitrator to resolve the dispute. It's usually cheaper and a lot quicker. And we offer that service for a lot less than others. So what prompted you to start as an arbitrator? First, I discovered I was good at evaluating evidence and applying the law. People started asking us to handle more arbitrations. Second, I see an urgent need. The recent budget crisis has shut down courtrooms. Cases that took at most a year will now take three to five years. Arbitration won't have that problem. Justice you shall seek. My friends, you know I trust Barack Lurie with my business and other legalities and to make sure you get a fair resolution in your matter, call him to serve as your arbitrator at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Pursuing Justice, Barack Lurie at Lurie & Park, 866-575-8111. Reviewing over what's going on in the news in Baltimore, I don't know if you know too much about this, uh, R.A., But I, I, I got to tell you, what's happening? Apparently, there was some sort of uh, police confrontation with yet another black suspect, and you know, bad things happen as a result of a confrontation. And what's the response? Uh, well, riots. You know, why not? And this is uh, what's going to happen. Now, this is not excusing what the police did. Frankly, I don't even know that the police did anything right or wrong. Uh, Let's assume that they did something terribly wrong, okay, that they really messed up. Um, Whether or not riots are appropriate as a response is the issue, right? So this is a uh, situation where the police actually allowed some breathing room for the riots to actually transpire. Oh, that's always a great idea. (laughs) And instead of actually acting responsibly as a police force and doing their job, which was to quell a disturbance and, in fact, do whatever you could to stop this, even from beginning in the first place, they instead allowed, what was the the phrase they used?
1: Um, We gave the rioters room to engage in their destruction. Yes. The room they needed for their destruction. Right. Spoken by the Democrat woman, black lady, mayor of Baltimore.
0: Okay. So she gave room for them to commit their destruction.
1: Yeah, and I say that just so in case the listeners think that a uh, a Caucasian Republican came up with this idea. But No, you're you're quoting. I
0: understand that. Yeah, no, I I, I read that too now. Uh, I was just at a loss for remembering what what she actually said. All right. So put aside for the second the naivete of that sort of phrasing, um, that you could do that. The the naivete, of course, being that thinking that you can somehow allow room for destruction and not expect it to spill over and to create and foster uh, an environment of entitlement to to do something like this again, and that somehow it's a legitimate expression of frustration. Okay, just put that aside. Um, what what happens to the innocent people who suffer the the, the the destructive behavior, right? I mean, who is she to decide what stores can be destroyed and what can't be destroyed, right? Who who are going to be victims of this mob and who's not going to be victims of this mob, right? I mean, what if you happen to be driving nearby and somehow this this explosion starts happening of a riot, and then you, uh, you know, try to get out of it, of course. But, and then, and then they just attack your car, you know. Hopefully, they'll only attack your car; it won't attack you personally. But they destroy your car, and then you, know, then you're to learn later on, that you that the mayor, no less, gave room for this to actually happen. Not just was failed in the in, in the sense of protecting you, but actually encouraged this as a way of like a, a control fire, if you will, right? That's maybe the way she viewed it. Do, do you get compensation for that? Right? I mean, are you, I mean, if, if you are a necessary victim of a controlled fire, so to speak, uh, then perhaps uh, you should get compensation, right? Eminent domain. You took my property for some greater purpose. I don't know, quite know what, what that is, but why, uh, why why do I want to get my money? Since
1: you're more than just a lawyer who plays the lawyer on TV, Yes, wouldn't it be an interesting case to pursue the case that the insurance companies who insure these businesses that <laughs> were destroyed yeah. have against this mayor personally and the city?
0: I like that. Uh, yeah, it would be a very, very good argument. And, and how did it go about? Did they have some sort of town hall meeting uh, where you know, with the council and such deciding, look, we've got a situation in our hands. Uh, we know that uh, this may very well lead to riots and somebody raised, you know and, she, and the mayor says any ideas any ideas at all and somebody says i have an idea mayor how about if we let people um, you know it's going to happen anyway so let's give them their playground in or, in order to destroy where where they want this way we can control what they destroy i like it i like it very much and everyone else is nodding in the groupthink way that they often do and uh, and they say yeah let's let's do that and then, next thing you know, plan is implemented, right?
1: Also, isn't it interesting that although the mayor might have said this and although it might have been stated or official or unofficial or policy in one way or another, why did the chief of police go along with it so easily? Yeah. Because I was thinking about... The application of deadly force. A policeman is allowed, obviously, to apply deadly force when he feels he's in imminent danger or when victims of imminent danger require the application of deadly force to protect them. So wouldn't it have been a reasonable expectation for the victims, one of whom was attacked with a knife, many of whom were attacked with flying glass bottles, many of whom were behind plate glass windows that had chairs and trash cans and barricades thrown at them, smashed in their faces, to expect the police to unleash deadly force on the people doing that to them? Yeah. I, I, uh, these are taxpayers course. who expect public safety...
0: No, it's it's no longer the job of uh, people apparently to uh, of, of mayors to actually protect their people. It's a there's a greater purpose involved, and uh, apparently, you know, uh, violence and mayhem is in fact a uh, an appropriate method by which to express your frustration. It's it's you know what it's it's an expression of ideas, right? It's, oh, a, it's an exercise yes. of your First Amendment rights, don't you well, understand? Because because the left is always about
1: broadening rights into areas they don't. So now. Peaceable assembly covered by the First Amendment isn't broad enough. We need to throw in the ability to throw Molotov cocktails as an, as an expression <laughs> right. without r- the reprisal of committing a microaggression on a college campus, or breaking plate glass windows, or attacking wheelchair-bound,
0: handicapped people. It's an art form. Or see. People with families. Right. Uh, it, it, what What happened there is so devastatingly embarrassing and humiliating and wrong for a country to pursue it's uh it's sending a um a a signal it's this may very well mark a watershed moment in history uh, in terms of how we deal with with demonstrations because if baltimore did it once and this is what happened and ferguson did it oh is that right yeah what do you
1: think happened ferguson for six months well, and that, I, I understand that. Remember the day of the grand jury decision, the Michael Brown's. Yes, I know, but they, didn't,
0: but they didn't. They didn't actually encourage the riots. They didn't say, "Here you go." Here's. They may not have uh, actively fought against it uh, as much as we would have liked them to, but they didn't say, "Here's a controlled burn area."
1: They basically did. Remember, Jane Nixon, on behalf of of uh, Valerie Jarrett and Eric Holder, pulled the National Guard, pulled all those police forces away from the riot zone.
0: Okay. All right, I understand what you're saying. They, they
1: gave a, uh, a official invitation, you know, from Hallmark uh, in the same <laughs> intangible way then and now.
0: You know what? I'm so frustrated to even talk about this because, all right, it, it, it uh, to learn that our own presidential administration – actively participated in, in taking a stand on this particular issue when it took no stand about all the important things that are actually going on in, in, throughout the world, that the Christians being slaughtered and such like that, um, taking you know wrong positions there and, of course, wrong positions here. And likewise, not only just taking the wrong decisions, but in terms of who to support and such like that, that's bad enough one way or the other just to accuse the police of this horrific behavior. When, without any basis in fact at all, but then also to foment more destruction by a uh, encouraging them to think this is a federal issue and that the rights need to be respected and, and that, that it's okay to do this stuff. and then B to actually withdraw troops, federal troops from the situation in order to uh, basically send the signal that hey you know what it's not so bad if you go ahead and, and destroy property because after all, What better distraction, uh, what what better cause for a distraction than such a a riot? And as you'll recall, there was a lot of issues for Obama uh, at the time and otherwise, whether it was the IRS. I forget what it was, what the scandal du jour was, but it was the IRS emails. It was the Benghazi thing, of course. um, uh, Things that were all in play at the time. And if you Fast will, and Furious was in play when
1: Trayvon Martin happened. Yes, I remember that That was well. the timing of that But
0: one. But it was, a, it was a distraction that was very useful to him. Um, and then, oh, yes, the ISIS situation, that's what the main thing was that was happening at Ferguson. It was beginning to be revealed how horrible uh, the decision The JV to, team was. The JV team was. Yeah. And, and, and pulling out of Iraq and that we had blood on our hands, and, and everyone was beginning to seriously question what the president had done. Uh, And now all of a sudden this Ferguson thing happened and he was able to opine about it. Look, you know, you and I disagree so much. uh, Not so much. We disagree philosophically on... Uh, what is happening in America vis-a-vis this president, whether he wants to be destructive, or whether he's just plain negligent. Yeah, I like the way you
1: said we disagree so much when this is the only thing really, other than one or two yeah. other side issues,
0: right. that we ever disagree right. on. And, and that's why I pulled back when I said <laughs> so, right. so much. But yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, it, and, and the reason why we disagree is it's not so much that we actually disagree. It's that I just I don't want to agree with you. On this point, that the president is doing this purposefully, because it just—it's just too painful.
1: Yeah, you're right? an, you're an emotional, romantic kind of guy, and I'm just a cold-hearted realist. So you just—you just don't want to, <laughs> admittedly, want to for for emotional reasons that I I, I
0: find totally acceptable. I know? appreciate it. I mean, I just can't go there. And now, by the way, Mr. Obama, don't take any comfort in this. It, it's it's a it's a distinction between uh, you're being you know completely... A terrible
1: a, president. A, a, and A terrible president. Right. That's really no, yes. it's,
0: it's, it's a distinction between you being a dastardly, evil uh, manipulator and and being wildly incompetent. I mean, <laughs> you choose it, <laughs> my good friend. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not something I would take great comfort in. I, I'm I'm merely incompetent. <laughs> oh thank God, he's just a bubbly ninkapoope. Right. He's and the that- biggest poop since Inspector Clouseau. How comforting. <laughs> right. So, but, look, but this. And I say that our disagreement on this point, and the reason why I bring it up is, you know, this is one of your best arguments for you to say that this is intentional, because to pull back troops, when you know bad things are going to happen, everyone knew something bad was going to happen after the grand jury verdict, the timing, everything. It was very weird. And then the mayhem started. <clears throat> and, uh, and this was already on the heels of the previous riots from the actual Ferguson investigation. The hands up, don't shoot nonsense, and then uh, and here we are. Um, you know, it's it's just I'm I'm, I'm modeling it in my tone because I it, it I just don't want to believe it, and yet he keeps on taking action and inaction over and over again that proves your point, Ari, that there's only one way to interpret this. You know, if somebody. You ask somebody, I don't know, uh, uh, to uh, close the door. I'm looking at a door to my office right now. And because, you know, you want to keep, for whatever reason, you want to keep privacy or you want to keep the air warm in the in the office, for whatever reason, you, you, you want it to... And, and you keep on telling your uh, your colleague, please make sure to close the door when you leave. And he forgets. And then you ask him again and again and again and again. And then he says, sure thing, boss. And then he leaves as you're asking him to, to close the door, sure thing, boss, and he leaves without closing the door. You'd say, okay, dude, you're, you're clearly – There's an to, agenda here. <laughs> you're trying to spit in my face, aren't you? Right. so, so <clears throat> But this was – Obama is doing the same thing, not consistently with a door or that, not just one thing, of course, over and over again. But every action he, he does seems to be – I mean, if I didn't know better – right i'll will use that phrase if i didn't know better i would think that he's trying to do this on purpose right that that constantly every decision seems to be made with a goal in mind to, to undermine
1: the destruction
0: well, that happens well yeah, ma- yeah. well that's one way of putting that maybe that's too too egregious to undermine just whatever he can do to undermine undermine and, and what is he undermining america's stature America's, America's uh, prestige, America's involvement, the America's presence. The of
1: American society, the stability of the... The stability of America. ...being able to go out at night to a ball game. Uh, there were two points I wanted to make about this, and then a third, which is the perception, or part of the perception of it, that I think solidifies the second point. The first point is, look at all of these supposed victims. Trayvon, Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, even Eric Garner, to a certain extent. None of these guys is Emmett Till innocently walking down the street and they're shanghaied or lynched or right. pulled off the street. Every one of them has a rap sheet a mile long. Yeah. Every one of them should have been in jail but for the compassion of the criminal justice system and how overburdened it is. Right. In the case of this Freddie Gray guy, he's a multiple drug offender, a felon who was caught with a weapons... Uh, Uh, violation, which escalates the amount of severity of his previous offenses. And so the police were taking him into custody, and being that this guy had several run-ins with law enforcement, probably knew him on a first-same basis, you'd think he would have been on his best behavior. But no, it goes south. And like Trayvon, Michael Brown, I'm going to go out on a limb and say most likely Freddie Gray being gone is nothing but a benefit to society. And I know that's harsh as you know what, but you know what? As far as I'm certain, learned from past experience, it's probably true. And in every case of these non-innocent victims of police or or, uh, uh, neighborhood uh, watch abuse, it results in these riots. And the one the other day, actually today, yesterday and Saturday night, is especially egregious for this reason, and this is what was so freaky to me. When the communists took over the Soviet Union, there were street fighter <clears throat> rioters who took control. And then they got the government they wanted. And in Obama's case, the street fighters have the strongman dictator they want. And on Saturday night was the White House a uh, Dinner. And while that dinner is going on, this violence is erupting less than 50 miles away, and the president, the strongman dictator, is giving a speech at this correspondence dinner to thunderous applause and laughter and toasting and backslapping. And at the same time, you could see his street fighters on the street causing mayhem and destruction and chaos. Yeah. And, and All right. the, the final portion of it is is it, it it's just so creepy to have the dictators' forces causing this kind of chaos when he's already in power. What more is he there to gain?
0: Yeah. Well, look, um, it's you know it seems like we may be talking about this at length and maybe too much at length about this, but it's such a seminal moment when you you know that your own government is 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 doing what it can to maximize danger and destruction. That that's when you really need to pay attention. Again, it's one thing to complain that the government is not doing enough, the government uh, is inefficient, you know, things that we say all the time.
1: Yeah, waste, fraud, and abuse. Okay, <clears throat> right. fine.
0: We understand that. That's, you know, to some extent, that's the nature of government, and therefore, that's why we want limited government, and let, let the grown-ups take charge of this. Thank you very much. But but when it comes to a government that actually gets in there and actually helps the mayhem, that's, uh, that's when we need to speak up. And so this is a this is a moment. This is a, a threshold moment, my friends. And we're we're gonna we're gonna watch it and watch how. Uh, I mean, from, from the standpoint of how the Obama administration looks at the result of this, maybe this was a testing ground, right? What if they if if they truly are malevolent, that they're actually trying to create more sabotage in the future, right? Wouldn't this be a great uh, testing ground to see? Hey, let's see uh, how well this works. How much pushback are we going to get from the media? Are they going to say, "How can you do this? How can you?" We found out that you were actually trying to help uh, the rioters and to actually increase the mayhem rather than to decrease it. Yeah, but we already had that Ferguson. This
1: is clearly a second and third
0: rung. Right, I understand. At the, at the I understand. Thing. I understand. But what? What if they're doing that, as, as you say, the second or third rung of it? Um, what if that's the case, and then? then they're just going to keep continue doing it with more and more extreme situations. Like, I don't know, um, <clears throat> a riot that is so extensive, it might be a, a pro-Palestinian riot all of a sudden. And let that kind of blow up as it is. I mean, I, I could can, I can see Obama Again, doing Again, that's that. what Ferguson became. If it, I, you know, I, one of the oh, yes, I do remember. Yeah. I do remember. I do remember. But that's not what, what the actual intention was. and It didn't start off with that. What if a, a pro-Palestinian uh, demonstration started? Or for that matter, pro-Israel uh, rally started, and then there was an attack upon the pro the pro-Israelis, um, the pro-Israel supporters. Then you have this conflagration, this huge riot that suddenly expands, and then Obama is able to actually encourage it, and then to say, "We really need to, to start talking, and having a debate about, a national debate about whether or not we want to continue with Israel." I mean, all sorts of easy things that you can use this for. Um, And and here's the worst part of it. I don't put it past him.
1: Well, the worst part about it is you can see, and I mean, I hate speaking this way because it gets not only into unknowns, but it sounds like conspiratorial talk, but... What would the media do if this guy just decided I'm either going to run for a third term because there's no Democrat on the ballot who's acceptable or I'm just not going to leave office after Ted Cruz or Jeb Bush or whoever is elected? Yeah. Uh, what would the media do? <laughs> uh, Boehner, or, I've already talked about this on my podcast, Boehner took impeachment off the table. How do you, how do you impeach
0: yeah, it? Okay, or, it's not going to happen.
1: No, we don't know. At this point, we, where we... Ha- I know you look at me funny like that, but we now have a government, a mayor of Baltimore, who's saying, I gave room for people to threaten the lives of other people.
0: I understand. Uh, he, it, it, so, so many circumstances would have to happen for him to do that. So I, I can't take it seriously, Ari. I, I understand that. I, and I've heard other people say this in the past. But just... I mean, he just can't do it. it, it the, the National Guard would come out to pull him out to evict him from the White House, and that wouldn't be hard to do. Under whose orders? After he's purged the military of most of the commanders, loyal to... There's enough of a military to, to come out there. And if the military is out there you know, to, to, to support his dictatorial powers, well, then presumably there's enough of a military to take him out as well. So it's, it's not going to happen, Ari. Right. Um, um, I've heard before... It, it would be unprecedented in, in, in all American history, and he certainly doesn't have the backup uh, to do so. And then uh, there's enough conservatives out there that would simply say that that ain't... And they would just rush the White House uh, to get him out. That's, that's what would happen. That, 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 they would be emboldened enough to say, that's not the president, he didn't win, and he's out. And, and that's the point. I, I, I just don't see uh, this, this ever happening. And, you know, we have enough gumption in this country... We're not, we're not uh, so afraid of our government yet. We are not so disempowered yet that we couldn't uh, take, uh, you know, to, to rectify uh, this sort of madness. The Supreme Court wouldn't tolerate it. Uh, the Supreme Court has actually the the authority to issue, um, um, you know, to mandate certain things as well. The government, uh, through, the, through the administration, cannot... Oh, because the issue. Supreme Court
1: has to swear
0: him in. So yeah, they just point. wouldn't swear him in, hence there's he's not president. A lot. There'll be a lot of issues. I mean, it would just be too crazy okay. to happen. But, but you see how... But, but he doesn't need to go there. He, yeah. he needs to... You know, his, his main mission, he's doing a tremendous amount of destruction along the way. Um, he has truly transformed America already, and he will continue to do more more damage. And it will be, as they like to say, the the, uh, the hockey stick right, when they're referring to uh, global warming, Uh, there's going to be a hockey stick, and there already is, we're already on the precipice of going up, of just bizarre behavior that is A, anti-America, B, anti-Israel, C, anti-capitalist, right? All those things are going to be in play. And you're going to be shaking your heads like, wow, I can't believe they did yeah, that. I can't also, believe it did that. I can't believe it did yeah, that. I can't and also, believe they did those
1: it. are the things that always cause a massive conservative backlash, yeah. him, which would elect someone like Ted Cruz, Scott Walker, et
0: cetera. Yeah. No, and, and that's where I want to kind of get to. Um, you, you dovetail so nicely into that. That's I, why you pay me the big bucks. The big bucks. That's right. Um, OK. So, you know, I, I've heard, you know, today I, I spoke at length about, uh, with, a, with a fellow conservative, about Hillary Clinton and, and how she's uh, She doesn't have the chops To move forward the, the, Among the many problems That she has is that she's going to also Have to deal with the Obama legacy Right? I mean it's She's going to have to answer for Obama Just as much, and I'm not even talking about her role As Secretary of State, although that, that does tire Even more and Benghazi and so on. But
1: just the Democrat Party agenda on yeah. foreign and domestic policy.
0: That's that's what it is. And, uh, you know, ma'am, are you going to be completely different than Mr. Obama? What would you do different, differently? Right? Are you going to reverse Obamacare? No. Are you going to... Um, put, put troops back in Iraq? I was no. just going to say, are you going to put <laughs> troops back in Iraq? No. Are you going to, you know... Bomb Iran? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to put troops on the ground to fight ISIS? No. Are you going to, um... Cut you know, taxes? So, no. No. I mean, what, what exactly will she do that... It- so different from him, just just literally nothing, okay? So, I mean, maybe, maybe she wouldn't uh, do what, what happened in the Ferguson thing. Maybe she wouldn't, you know, he, she, she wouldn't pull back the troops, but of course she's not gonna say, I'm, I'm not gonna sabotage America the way that Obama did. It's, it's, that would not happen, right? So she's gonna have to, it's gonna, this wildly bizarre tightrope that she's gonna have to walk. In fact, it's harder than walking a tightrope. She's gonna have to walk through the raindrops, right? You know, and still remain dry. There's, there's no way it's going to happen. So, and I, I'm not saying that there's no way she can't get an electorate but I'm simply saying she cannot walk through those raindrops, and that's a big problem for her. So, what's going to happen is, she's going to have to adopt his extremist ideology at some point, right? I mean, and she, I think she herself does believe it. She's a Saul Alinskyite. Uh, she's fully supportive of all that. She also has to adopt this, uh, the extremist policy. Why? Because she's engaged in so much bizarre behavior from the Clinton Foundation and otherwise, that at some point she's going to have to say, we've got to do what we've got to do to make this country more accountable and uh, more on par with the other countries of this world. It's too long that we've been this big, tough country and we're going we're gonna to focus only to be equal with, from within, and, and that's consistent. That's the only thing that makes sense in her agenda. Right?
1: Yeah, the most laughable thing is the other day she gave a speech where she said, we have to get rid of the, non, the uh, unclarifying influence of big money in politics. Yeah. Like, what?
0: <laughs> you? <laughs> what was that statement that she said, uh, and, and I don't even want to repeat it or quote it because it was so far-fetched, so bizarre. Excuse me. Oh my gosh, that was a hiccup, folks. It was so far-fetched what she had said. She had said uh, when asked what was her greatest accomplishment. Do you remember this? She traveled a lot for no no. no, 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 no. I, I wish she had said that. Oh, oh, that rambling statement about nothing. It was a rambling statement saying, you know, well, it's really important because it's important, and you know, what you know, what we'd really try to accomplish. So I'm extremely proud of that. I, like. Did she say anything? I mean, you can just imagine all the reporters looking at each other. Did, did she say anything at all? Not even of substance. D- did she even say a particular fact <laughs> at all? Other than to say, we did a bunch of stuff. And, 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 and of that, I'm really proud. It
1: was a sentence that I think had a, a <clears throat> noun, a verb, an adjective with some pronouns or something
0: that kind of would have worked on paper but meant nothing it, it didn't looked, work on paper or did it work uh, in, in a speech yeah it, it was uh, it was a very bizarre thing, and by the way, expect more of these kind of bizarre statements that that go off and trail into noth- into nothingness just expect that
1: yeah there was an example of that yesterday in fact um, uh, Stephanopoulos was talking about the Schweitzer book yeah and he had on I think someone from Bloomberg and Newt Gingrich and Stephanopoulos, who, you know, is a Clinton henchman, basically says, well, I don't think there's anything there. The Bloomberg person, who's a leftist, and Gingrich both tore it apart, right? Today, Clinton's spokesperson issues a statement saying there's clearly nothing there in Schweitzer's work and cited the George Stephanopoulos statement that there was nothing there because he said on TV there was nothing there. Right. In other words, it's the same circular logic, saying basically a sentence that says, "Well, this is stupid because it's dumb, and it's dumb right. because it's stupid." <laughs> See, know. they
0: self-reference. I know. <laughs> uh, okay, but remember <clears throat> that there's no doubting the liberal cause. So that. that y- y- What's the expression? Um, yeah, back to your ended conversations point. Yeah, that's right. There was, there was a phrase that, that was uh, it was the title of a town hall townhall.com um, a link and it, and it was I don't even re- think that they realized how brilliant the, the statement was and I it was about the left's penchant for quote end of discussion close quote ideology something like that and oh yeah it was the quote end of discussion mob that's what it was. And I I thought it was so brilliant, the uh, the announcement. They do have everything, every single um, agenda item that they believe in, whether it's minimum wage or equality for women or um, racism or global warming, of course. It's all the end of the discussion. There is no debating it. This is the way it is. And the classic, of course, is global warming. Where they tell you before they, you even realize that there's been a discussion that the debate is over, right? So, end of discussion, thank you very much. We, we're not talking any further. And then, then the debate can only be, if, if there is a debate, even a discussion is, you know, what part will you do to end your carbon emissions, right? That, that's the discussion. Because the fact that, that we are creating carbon emissions, well, that's well established, my friends, because, you know, four out of five dentists who chew come recommend. Right? Sugarless, sugarless gum sugarless to come come by trident. To right? patients who do chew gum. He might as well have said that, right? <laughs> uh, but it, Because 97... No, he even said in, in the movie that, that, you know, the inconceivable truth...
1: Inconceivable
0: truth is brilliant. <laughs> the the, I'm just right, movie. Whatever, that, whatever he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Undeniable truth. <laughs> I, I'm really so right. Um that movie where he says that zero scientists disagree with him, and and he, and, and then the numbers were kind of you know floating around like in a quick rapid fashion right to suggest millions and and then it goes zero like this as if somehow that's a, like a computer was telling you the fact zero
1: because the editing text scientific. is scientifically valid
0: right right yeah <laughs> and and everything about it's so scientific it's all computerized don't you know and nobody disagreed with him okay that, and that by the way And I, I'm only saying this parenthetically I, I already had my questions about that movie As I'm watching it But when he said zero I knew that I was dealing with a bunch of garbage Because that never has happened ever You might as well uh, Say that uh, nobody that, that even Ronald Reagan that, that 100% of the people voted for him Right? No one disagrees with him And therefore he's a, such a great guy No, he, it was a landslide victory And yes, pe- some people voted against him they were idiots to vote against him. But nevertheless, they voted against him. No one's going to say otherwise. But for for you to tell me that— Not uh, even Saddam Hussein got 100% right. of the vote. And I he was mean, the only name on the ballot. That's where, you know, you, you would expect his advisors, you know, Tagore, would tell him. <laughs> they would, t- would tell him, you know, sir, uh, i got to tell you, Mr. Vice President, you know, if you really want to get some credibility here, you should say, you know— only 15% or 7%, if you really want to go crazy, uh, have disagreed with you. And, you know, don't you know that that's, uh, that's fewer than the amount of people who believe that Elvis is still alive. Ha-ha-ha. Well,
1: I was going to say, it's within the Elvis factor. So by right. saying
0: zero, you're basically saying a whole bunch of insane people agree yes. with me too. Yeah, you might as well just do exactly <laughs> the Elvis number, right? Anyway, so, but he goes, no, no, I want to really, you know, drum this home. Okay, so I've said enough about that. The point is that there's the end of the discussion, Right. And the same thing is true with minimum wage. The same thing is true, uh, you know, minimum wage is the right answer to help people, according to them. The question is, you know, we, we can argue whether it should be $10.10 or $10.40. You know, that's that's about where we should be arguing. And likewise uh, with affirmative action because that's the only way to rectify all the wrongs of racism in the past. And we've got to do it this, this way. This is the, the only way to look at it. Likewise with equality for women, likewise with dealing with uh, the, the rest of the world in terms of peace, you know, diplomacy is the only way to work with Iran. No. Perhaps doing nothing is the right way to do something with Iran and to impose dramatic sanctions on, upon Iran. But, but, and, and the end of the discussion mob, as, as the title put it so well, the response to it is consistent with how angry a mob responds when you disagree with them. They go crazy. Right when, I mean, look at Obama. When he doesn't get what he wants in terms of you know people saying, "Hey, you know, you really maybe ought to think about not negotiating with these terrorists uh, and imposing more sanctions," he gets angry, really angry. Right, and uh, when when John McCain after the election, the first election, says, "You know, Mr. President, maybe we should think about this. Maybe we should think about that." Um, and and he says, by the way, John, I won. Okay, I mean, what a nasty response to that. I mean, but but it's it. It's not just nasty. It reflects so much of far left thinking that you will do what we say you will do. There is no discussion about this. Uh, I mean, Dennis uh, Prager says in in the heart of all leftist ideology is a is the pulse of totalitarianism, uh, and I agree with him. But. It's, it's also this inability to see anything else It's, it's a blindness that, that, that affects them all And it, it's, it truly is an end of discussion And it's very hard for, I think, a true leftist to actually deny that Because if you were to ask them Okay, are you open to listen to, uh, to challenges to minimum wage? Are you open to listen to challenges to high taxes and regulations? And, and if they are really are open then they'll say that they're open, but then they're not liberal anymore because if they were truly open, they would, they would change their minds on the subject because they would see that there's openings. But, but they would say, well, surely you would agree with me that we have to have regulations. They, they see us as people that are simply trying to get away with stuff, right? Because, you know, we don't want regulations, that, which means, well, we must want to do dastardly things. And so on it goes. And it, it reflects uh, a shallowness, and for that matter... Um, an inability to think. At the end of the day, it and I feel sorry for them because once you, once you decide this is the end of the discussion, right? Then what's the point of learning anything, right? What, the whole point of the scientific enterprise, the analytical enterprise—it's not just science, by the way. It doesn't have to be about global warming. It could be about anything. It is always questioning. Is—is is this the way it is? Is this? And that's why. To Dennis' surprise so often, you know, why atheists are so sure about themselves, right? And, and the believers in God are the ones who are constantly re, uh, re uh, reanalyzing the issue of God, constantly. And, and we are believers. They, on the other hand, they know, the atheist. And likewise, the liberal will always know. And you, the conservative, are the ones that are always questioning. It's, it's an interesting dichotomy, isn't it? All right, when we get back, we'll talk uh, more about the favorite subject that we love. You'll see uh, when we get back. Shapiro here
1: with a man I have tremendous respect for, my good friend, Attorney Barack Lurie. Barack, you've been practicing law for over 24 years. Do you have some important advice about lawsuits?
0: Well, Ben, the law deals with conflict, right? A good attorney should help ease a lot of your anxieties, because he should have perspective and know how to gather his evidence. But his main mission should always be to pursue the path toward quick resolution or settlement. Well, how do you do that? Simply by working to remove the emotion from both sides. Once you gather information and think rationally and compare strengths and weaknesses in a case, you can work on what's fair. The truly great lawyers know how to do that, and quickly.
1: You can see, folks, why I so admire Barack Lurie and all the work that he does. For all your business and real estate legal issues, call my friend Barack at 866-575-8111. 866-575-8111. 866 575
0: Fighting for what's right. Barack Lurie at Lurie & Seltzer. Listen to The Barack Lurie Show, Sundays at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Again, uh, so today is the I don't know what anniversary, 22nd, 23rd, 23rd anniversary. No, I, no, I think it's the 20. Yeah, you're right. It's 23rd. I calculated it while you were on. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It's very hard. <laughs> the 23rd anniversary of the Los Angeles riots, uh, and that <clears throat> would mean April 29, 2015, and it happened in 1992, and we all remember it very well. I was I was here in Los Angeles at the time. Uh, It was actually odd. Uh, I didn't know it was happening. And I was driving up from San Diego for a job interview in a law firm in Century City. The traffic was terrible, of course. And then I saw this opening on the 110 freeway going north into Los Angeles. Yes. And I said, wow, this is empty. I'll just take the 110 and go straight. And if if you know Los Angeles, folks. Uh, going, taking the 110 north uh, toward from the 405, uh, yeah, would, up towards LA. Right, it, it was actually going straight into the heart of the riots. So it, it was very strange. Uh, it was actually a beautiful day, um, it, you know, from a weather point of view. And I remembered that the clouds were so dark that they covered up the freeway uh, and it actually eclipsed the sun. It, it made it dark. And I saw fires all over the place. And I thought, oh crap, You know, I'm, I'm really in, in trouble here. And people were driving just insanely on the 110. Uh, I wasn't the only one apparently, but they were just, and if you didn't get out of the way, they would just slam you, slam you from behind. Not trying to hurt you necessarily, but just they didn't care. They were care. in a panic. Everyone was in a panic. So I tried to just, I made sure to move to the right side <laughs> all the time. And there was no exit off of the freeway and the more I went in, you know, like the Venus flytrap, the more stuck I got. And eventually I was able to get out of it. Um, but it was pretty scary. And I remember Pete Wilson's uh, commentary at the time, appealing for calm. And, and of course, that's all he could do at the time. And then uh, then I think I heard Rodney King say, can't we all get along? Or maybe that was later. But anyway, the point is that it, it was a, uh, a terrifying day for everyone. And somebody either tweeted or or noticed it on, on Facebook and she wrote am i the only one to notice that except for the LA riots that occurred in 1992 that there were no other race riots since the civil rights era and Obama's uh, inauguration as president and by race riots i'm talking about you know something like that's happening here that the police somehow Are doing something that uh, you know against uh, the black community or any other minorities, but generally speaking, it's only been uh, a black-white issue. It's not been an Asian-white thing or a Hispanic-white thing. Uh, It, it, from a all uh, practice uh, intents and purposes, there other than the L.A. riots, which were very big, of course, um, there was none of this going on. And then President Obama becomes president. He's supposed to heal the, the country from its race relation issues. And we have more problems now than we ever had. And one, uh, you know, queries, <laughs> what's the point? I mean, if, if, the, if it was so great to have a black president uh, and who was going to, you know, make us all feel better about, uh, you know, black-white relations and such, and this president would at least be sensitive to black, the black plight, then how come we're having more and more rights than ever before? What's what's going on here, you know? So there are many ways of of looking at this. Okay, here are what I can see is at least two, and maybe I'll think about third as I, as I talk. The first one being that, the the feeling is well, gosh, you know, now we have a black president; he'll understand us more, and we can be, we can express our, we can vent our anger more. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, the second possibility is that Obama himself. Uh, wants to stir up the trouble and is encouraging this sort of mayhem, um, to say that, that your frustration is reasonable and therefore, you know, and, and I'll send more people to even agitate. Um, so that's, that's possible. That's, it's a culture of permissiveness, um, it, it, very similar to what we saw in the first part of this uh, podcast, where the Baltimore mayor said that we gave them room to commit violence. Yeah, room to destroy. To destroy. There you go. It's even worse. So if that's the case, then you know, of course, then, then it should be no surprise that we have more violence. I don't want to believe that, so I won't believe that. Uh, I don't know if there's a third option uh, to to explain this all. Maybe that third option is that it, it, it's a new culture where we've decided um, collectively that the police are just not going to react very much anymore, and therefore. Uh, it sends a signal that the police will not enforce these things for fear of looking like they're racist, and therefore just uh, encouraging people to act badly. You know, that, that's kind of obvious. If you don't enforce the laws, for example, the speed limit, well, guess what? You're going to have people speeding recklessly on the streets. That's the way it is. And and liberals, you know, correctly, at least with respect to the speed limit, will will appreciate that. They should appreciate that. You, they love regulations. Right? But when it comes to enforcement of the laws, uh, vis-a-vis uh, rioters, I don't care what color they are. Somehow, uh, you know, anything goes. You know, that won't affect anything at all. Anyway, I'm very uh, frustrated with this, um, and the, the Baltimore riots that are, are happening now—it's um, just—it's shocking, it's disturbing, it's—it's it, it's enraging for different reasons altogether. We should all be enraged. Now. We talked before a long time ago about the, the concept that small things can make very big changes, right? So I, I don't know if I gave the example on this podcast, but I can tell you once uh, I, was, I had a bad back. It wasn't terrible, but it was really kind of agonizing for a few weeks. And I was telling this to a friend of mine. And uh, he looked at uh, me folding my legs as I, as I sat and told him about my pain and my predicament. And he looked at my, my shoes, the bottom of my shoes. And he said, have you thought about getting your shoes repaired, your heels replaced? And I said, why, why do you ask that? And he goes, because I think that's your problem. <laughs> and it turned out that one of my heels was a little bit more worn down, just a little bit than the other. And as a consequence, my, without my realizing it, because it was such a slow burn as it were, I was you know, out of alignment in my spine. And the pain was excruciating. And I thought it was something else. And I was thinking about going to the, to the back doctor you know, to, to re- go for surgery or you know, very deep acupuncture or what have you, chiropractic. But if I just changed my shoes, it'd be a big difference. And don't you know, that's exactly what happened. I, changed, I bought new shoes instead. but it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the point is it was the heel. and I, I, I thanked him so much later on, and he just kind of smiled. yeah. And he said, "Small things, Big changes. Yeah. And it's so right he is, right? And it, it applies, well, why am I bringing this up? Because I'll ask you a question, all right. What are the chances that the Rioters in L.A. 23 years ago? Or for that matter, the rioters in Baltimore now, that uh, that they go to church. The, the, I'm talking about rioters, like the violent ones, right? Not the ones who actually protested peacefully. The rioters, the ones who smash things, stole things. The ones things. that learned that gasoline lit on fire melts steel. Those rioters, <laughs> yeah, exactly, something yeah. like that. Uh, what are the chances that they go to church regularly on Sundays? I'll answer two questions.
1: What are the chances and what are the percentage of them that go to church on Sundays? Right. Zero and zero. Ah, very consistent. Maybe <laughs> maybe even lower than that.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: <sighs> Unless they go to church to steal something from the church, because there's like some silverware
0: in yeah, there. Yeah, not, not the that sticks. kind of going to church. <laughs> I mean, actually attending the church. <laughs> That's very funny. No, and so, so what does this mean, right? So Look, everyone's talking about and dealing with uh, rioters. They think, well, this is just a pent-up rage, and they legitimize this rage by saying, you know, we, they need jobs. They need more money. They need more entitlement. Um, but no, that's exactly the opposite. You know, we've, we've played that entitlement game for decades, literally decades, always saying the same thing. Let's give more food stamps, get, get more of this, more of that and, and that the cities continue to descend into hell, we have, as I, as I started off with this particular part of the podcast, that we have more violence and riots than ever before. So something's not working. At least that doesn't appear to be the answer. Could it be that it's something else? Could it be, going back to the small um, things, lead to big changes? How about if, let's say, we encourage values, right? How about if we encourage the notion of marriage and consistency in marriage such that there still is a father in the picture, right? How about that? If we had just those two things and 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 an encouragement of the values, the the Judeo-Christian values, particularly the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't have these rights. Now, this doesn't mean that every Christian or every Jew is a perfect person and never commits a crime or even a violent crime for that matter. But I can tell you that would be wildly responsive to the problem, and it would almost completely eradicate the possibility of these riots.
1: Isn't it curious that whenever there's a swastika spray-painted as an act of aggression on a college campus, the Jewish community doesn't riot and burn down its portion of the city? Yeah, of course.
0: Isn't that just curious? Hmm. Yeah. Good point. I I wonder why. I wonder why too. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's because we have too many entitlements as it is. We're, you know, we're too wealthy as as a group of people, and we have our jobs, so to speak. You understand? That's that's the way the response would be. And we're too
1: educated.
0: We're too educated. So therefore, that's the reason why. But uh, so I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate on on that in that department because it's a serious question that you asked. With whether you maybe maybe you meant it tongue in cheek, but the reality. No, it is is a serious question. The reality is that that would be the answer. And so we need to say, but still, you need to compare apples to apples. Um, those cultures that do uh, foster a father in the household and values in, you know, from church or the synagogue, they tend not to have these problems, right? And sadly, very sadly, we, we know that uh, there's a 50% chance of any black adult male uh, ending up in jail sometime in his life. That, that is just obscenely tragic, just unbelievable to, to, to hear that statistic, and that uh, almost all criminals have the one thing in common, almost all violent criminals, certainly, gang-related and so on, is that they don't have a father, a, a significant father in their lives to help nurture their values. Okay. Could it be that we can d- redirect our focus to that, to family, to, to the values, to the, to the church? Why not The reason why not It's not PC we, we're, Oh that's right We're trying to destroy the church As it turns out Who knew <laughs> Right uh, You know We're trying to eviscerate in, in, All, in, all in, things That yeah. the, the, the very notion of God In the public sphere Is, is so contemptible
1: Yeah And to, to just emphasize How accurate your statement is on this very day, there were arguments in front of the Supreme Court where the government's own attorneys were arguing for the ultimate destruction
0: of the church yeah. in America. Every church. Every church. It's, it's, uh, it, it is to, to not see this simplicity in the answer to it. It's, it's one thing when you, you, know, you have a, a cough that's debilitating, for example, and you just go from one doctor to the other. Trying to figure out what this is You just want to diagnose it correctly Whatever it is God forbid it's lung cancer God forbid it's uh, you know, something more as serious or more serious than that uh, But you just want to get to the bottom Because you're just so gosh darn tired Of, of the exhaustion of coughing perpetually like that but the, you know, but the doctor has no dog in the fight so to speak He wants the answer for you as well He wants to be the hero Ah, the reason why, Mr. Smith, you have this cough Is because you have this very severe allergy toward pollen And it's seasonal right now And here's some antihistamine And uh, be off on your merry way Problem solved, right? (laughs) Um, Or, God forbid, it's lung cancer I'm sorry, Mr. Smith, it's lung cancer But at least you know And you know what the course of treatment needs to be That might be chemotherapy, who knows But at least you can go somewhere But you would never have a doctor who sees what it is and then claim, well, it can't possibly be that because I don't want it to be that, right? Let's look for other avenues because, and, and avenues that we want to foster as right. the reason for it. Because fostering family values
1: and a home with a father and regular church attendance to normal churches that worship God and Christ rather than black liberation theology does not have the uh, profits and overhead that massive government spending
0: to a welfare state program right. has or, or, for the bureaucrats. I, I mean, that's certainly cynical, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, challenge your your cynicism. I think it's right, but even more simply, it, it it just violates the whole notion of liberalism itself. The ideology. Put money aside for the for the moment. The ideology uh, is completely inconsistent with the church. The church. And the synagogue basically elevate the individual. That's the last thing you want if you're a true liberal. And
1: constrain the individual's conduct to a certain narrow parameter of of values
0: and actions to prevent them from infringing on other people's rights. Right. So if you want to diagnose the problem like my friend diagnosed my my back pain, right, you would say, okay, well, it's pretty clear looking at all the evidence uh, and all the other groups that don't riot that the thing that they have that sadly the African American community is is having trouble with, is fathers in the family, and a, um, a you know a set of um, a church-related values, and those who don't go to church regularly, gosh, there's there's the connection. It's pretty clear, right? I mean, nothing's 100% correlation, but if you went to a doctor, and he you know put some uh, pollen under your nose. And ask you to breathe, and immediately you start a hacking. Uh, it's still not a hundred percent correlation, but by golly, you'd be willing to take the antihistamine and claim, proclaim that that, that that's an allergy that's that's affecting your cough, right? It's not a hundred percent, but pretty much ninety-eight percent, ninety-nine percent. That that's probably the reason why. Let's do that, Mr. Smith. Let's try the antihistamine. Same thing here, right? You 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 put. You take away fathers from the equation, you take away values from the the equation, and you can rest assured, just like the pollen underneath Mr. Smith's nose will affect him and make him cough dramatically, you're gonna have riots. That's what's gonna happen. That is the essence of it, because there's no mooring, there's no sense of purpose, and people need purpose, and they get angry when they don't have a purpose. That's what happens. They're angry with you, Society at large For not giving them the purpose that they crave
1: Yeah, and isn't it interesting what liberal solutions
0: For this is, because oh, and, and uh, just, just one oh, last thing, Sure. because uh, another thought Came to mind The rioters, I, I know it sounds silly What I'm about to say Because it's kind of obvious They're not happy as they riot, right It's not as if they go into the store and say Isn't this great Look at me, I'm Stealing a Sony TV. Yeah, that's why they call it like days of rage. Not yeah, it's days rage. of celebration. That's right. It's, oh. it's always, but they're very unhappy people. They steal yes. and, and they I believe that they're unhappy precisely because they don't have a purpose and they're angry because they don't have a purpose. They're trying to fulfill that purpose by by anger. Right? It's like the, the you know, more than a couple of extremely wealthy men that I know that are extremely unhappy, but they try to fulfill that, that you know, fill that hole with money. Well, these guys are trying to fill that hole with anger, with violence, right? By contrast, the church going people, they have happiness. And obviously, you'd much rather be the church going guy than the, the writer, wouldn't you? I mean, even if you ask the writer, would, would you rather be who you are, or would you rather be that guy who is happy uh, in, in his life? And, and I think if he were to be honest with himself, he would say, I'd rather be the happy man.
1: Yeah, and also I want to point out the the liberal solution for all this, because as conservatives, our solution is to take steps that make it so that riots stop and don't happen in the future permanently. Right. The liberal only looks at things from the spectrum or from the uh, uh, perspective of equality, not what's right and what's wrong. So their solution is. Well, the, we must have some redistributive justice. So let's take the fathers out of every race's community's homes, yeah. and and families. Yeah. Let's take God and the church out of every other community's homes, so that every community becomes like the black community today. Because as long as there's equally distributed rioting, well, then there's no problem. There's no racial injustice or imbalance. Yeah. Which and. If you think what I'm saying sounds nuts And by the way, I think it sounds nuts But I think it sounds nuts
0: Because this is their actual plan And their plan is nuts Well, their plan is to uh, you know, Foster an environment where they are Totally dependent on the government, right? So if you basically tell people That you're unhappy because you don't have jobs Or money or entitlements Well then, by golly, they're going to demand jobs and, and entitlements, right? And money And that's what the government will do for them so, so it's not that nuts if that's what you're going at. Right. Uh, exactly that's, what I'm going and at. And that's exactly what is happening. Let, let's look at Europe for a second because we talked about happiness before. Europe is largely a very secular uh, continent. Uh, and I'm talking about the Muslim uh, population within Europe at this point. I'm talking about Europeans, the classic Europeans, the Frenchies and the Italians who don't go to church at all. And they, they come over to America and they see us going to church and they see us doing the Pledge of Allegiance or saying a prayer at breakfast, and they think we are nuts. What the heck is this all about? Yeah, and stupid. And stupid for it, yes. yes. That's another story, but, but throw it back in their faces. That's, that's what we need to do. I mean, you can laugh at us all you want, but between the two uh, continents, as it were, America on the one hand, slash Canada on the other, you know, together, and um, the Europeans... Which of us has a much better thriving economy? Which one of us is is not depopulating itself? And which one is going to still exist in the next couple, uh, couple of decades? Oh, that's right, us. The happy ones. The, the happy ones. We have a sense of purpose. We have the sense of the individual. You guys think that your system still works while you're, you're driving your car over the cliff. I mean, that's amazing to me. Like... <laughs> They're literally like a car going over the cliff and saying, isn't this a like, just great engine that I've got going on here? Wow, it revs up really well. Sure, it, it only allowed me to go one direction over this cliff, but you know, your cars, you know, you can go right and left and such and change course and such. But uh, isn't this wonderful? What a fancy car. Whoop. Oh, <laughs> Explosion. This this is the way that they think. Okay, so likewise, you know, happiness is, is so relevant to, to the issue of the riots and everything else, it's worth studying that, that question. See, the simple thing, the, the, the small thing here is understanding what the problem is. You understand the problem, it's values, it's fatherlessness uh, in the African American community. You understand that and you resolve that, or at least address it, start addressing it and you'll see great changes. That's, that's, it's just so simple And you'll also foster happiness But uh, don't expect that uh, Anytime soon because Like the doctor example we just gave you The Obama administration is not interested The liberal camp Is not interested in what actually works So long as it's not more of Their approach Okay Ta-da Done Okay, The, the very notion that God might be the answer it's so absurd to them But it is the answer Not just God in and of itself But all that God entails but faith, the, the values in something, that,
1: yeah. faith in something Bigger than you And faith in something bigger than government
0: right. Those are the that's two right. things Yeah. God means purpose God means individual God means responsibility and accountability All those things that we talk about And that we cherish so much That's what God means And that's the last thing they want As it turns out and they'll mock you in the process, just like the Europeans mock you as they're driving their car over the cliff. And one last thing. I noticed the other day, I, you know, I have, I have young kids. You have young kids. And Have you noticed that you can treat kids basically one of two ways? Let's say the child is clamoring for something for breakfast that he really wants, and he's yelling and screaming about it. And you try to give him the nice, you know... Total cereal, the healthy cereal Compared to what he wants, which is Fruit Loops And he says, I want Fruit Loops he, Well, would you like this? How about this? We'll give you it later, and, and you keep on trying to coddle him Right? What happens, Ari? He becomes more of a brat Right, more and more petulant He cries even harder he, And you, as you keep on trying to satisfy His every want You think that that's the, the solution You think that's good parenting? Of course not I'll tell you what good parenting is. is when you, tell the, when you tell the child, Johnny, I'd like you to eat your cereal now. No, I won't give you anything else. Eat this. And he'll get used to that mantra and that things will be OK. And that's what we need. And, and We cannot have this entitlement attitude that we keep on saying, well, what else can we give you? How else can we help you? They're just going to foster makes... more and more anger right. um, you know, in, in, in the community. And they'll just demand more and more. Very unhealthy, right? Yes. Anyway, I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you real soon.